you're here. We are Yo, live. Did I do an interview with you before? Yeah, we did an interview back in April. Oh, yeah, you are awesome, awesome um, interviewer, yo. I appreciate that, man. It means yeah, a lot. Yeah, I remember you. I remember <laughs> you. You are really good. I appreciate that, TK Kirkland. I apologize about everything yesterday with the Wi-Fi. It actually just came oh, no, back on. You're solid with me, family. You're good. Don't even trip. Tomorrow night, it goes down. Funny Bone, Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm tired, and I'm in Albany now. Get me to go on stage. I was in um, Syracuse last night, and it's just been one great year, you know, one great year. So, you know, just doing my thing, and I'm excited about this interview. I really like Harford, like, because the room is intimate. I like the manager over there named Fred. I love the women in Harford, Connecticut, the homies up there, and it comes support. And, I, you know, I come bring the game. I tell them all the time. It ain't game unless it's good game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. And you always come in from the audience when you do your shows. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm a, I ain't into that. I do that because I'm not a, a celebrity. I don't look at myself as a celebrity. I'm just a young man who got blessed to rock the stage. And um, that's just a respect for the people that I'm, I'm like you guys. You know, I'm not better than you. We all equal. And we're just going to go on stage and have some fun you know I, I might be making a little bit more money than y'all but that's about it mm -hmm. you're real humble and down to earth but last time that we spoke we were talking about the will smith and the chris rock incident and from there you had a guy that was armed rush the stage with dave Chappelle. now you have yes. incidents going on i heard you speak about it and it's about the security about these comedy clubs how are you handling your shows coming up and especially since that incident you know, are you sure there's more security yeah. Yeah, it all depends on what city I go to, but I don't think too many people gonna roll up on me. Um, just because of my reputation, whatever. But you know, I'm getting young. I mean, older. You know, I, I don't wanna get caught slipping, because you never know if anybody will get mad at certain things. Like the um, they just they just had another mass shooting a few minutes ago in Maryland Ugh. at a car plant. And none the things that's important to me is that the media is just as bad as the people pulling the trigger because you give people in different parts of the country, world, ideas to be influenced. And I know the media is saying they report the news, but you're promoting the killings. Whether you think they're promoting or not, they're killing people. And when they, when they do it every day, you see how the numbers have gone up since the first shooting about a week ago. So we, we had a shooting in this month alone, I think maybe six, five to six times. And it's because of the media. And that's something that has to be done. They they should ban AK-47s, and they should ban the news reporting mass shootings. And I think that it will help with keeping the numbers down and killing people. Because once they start promoting, it goes high. That's just me. Exactly. I think you're right about that. And I just look at it, especially when you hear about the shooting in Uvalde, I don't understand what people need AR-15s for. I mean, we're not going into a war here. I, I mean, you have to support the Second Amendment. I get it. There's people out there that own guns. But AR-15s, I mean, you're not in a war, like I said. Right, right. You're not in a war. And we've seen what happened. And even the people who have the guns, if they are thoughtful, they should say, let's give up the guns because I don't need it. Because, like, we're not at war. But people want to be stubborn until one of their kids gets shot and murdered. See, I, I think that's what has to happen. One of the senators, the governors, one of their children have to get shot. One of the people from the NRA who are leaders, one of their kids got to get shot. I don't wish this on nobody, anything, but 
what what do we have to do to get you to understand? Because it's not getting better, it's getting worse. It's not getting better, it's getting worse. But we're going to let them handle that. We're going to talk about our comedy and make people laugh. <laughs> That's right. And just plenty of stories here going on here. And, and before we get really things started, because we talked about you being on tour with NWA back in the day and just hearing uh -huh. about the stories, because me and Al Hammond, before he was with Floyd Mayweather, he was getting you at the Budweiser Fest and even on tour with Keith Sweat and Bobby Brown, Tina Marie. And that's how Easy e discovered you because he came up to one of your performances and watched you perform. Right. Yep. He was in the building. And really, I came up to him because I believe in initiating certain things. I don't wait for people. So I walked up to him and told him I was T to the motherfucker K. And he said, I'm easy, motherfucker E. We exchange information. Dr. Dre and uh, Ice Cube came to see me perform. The only thing I was too independent, right? Mm -hmm. I was hustling. I was too independent because I should have stuck with all of them based on what Ice Cube did with Fridays, et cetera, et cetera. Because I was the first comedian he knew about, right? And I could have, you never know what that could have made, what could have happened with that opportunity. Never know. You never know. And I actually have some pictures back here. And I believe that you were in Indiana because I, I like to bring photojournalism to my show. And you're backstage with Easy. You have two short here in the picture and Dr. Dre. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's us back in the day. Back in the day. That was a great time. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good. Yeah. Always got to make sure because people sometimes like when you read the comments, people always go at you be like, oh, TK is the originator of that. But it's all facts. I mean, do you have you ever been called the Forrest Gump of comedy before? Because when I look at it, I mean, you've been all over the place. Yeah, I, I've gotten that 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 tag, you know, and I wish in the comedy world we were like the rappers. And what I mean by that, the rappers pay homage to the people before them. They're not doing it so much now. No. But when Jay-Z and them and all, they always pay homage to the um, um, the Hurts and all that stuff. I wish comedians did that, pay tribute to the Paul Moonies, pay tribute to, they only pay tribute to Richard Pryor. And in the next 50 years, that'll be done. And I wish they would talk about the first hip hop stand-up comedian, because no comic that did hip hop was born in 1988 when I started this thing. So can nobody say, none of the comedians who are doing what they're doing now can say any of that. They was not doing stand-up in 1988. Nope. And you were there for some of the most important stories with NWA. You were there when you found out that Dr. Dre's brother had died. You were actually yep. on the plane when the flight attendants were telling Dr. Dre to turn the music off. And right. They all turned to the flight attendants and said, F you, bitch. And right, then they sure landed did. the plane and Easy E bought some new tickets to get a new flight out there in right, Arizona. Right. Yep. And they had the police come on that plane to get us all off. And Easy didn't sweat at all. He wound up just purchasing another set of tickets, got us on another flight. Boom. And we kept it moving. And it was a great journey. I mean, from that to um, touring with Jay Z, touring with Madonna. Touring with um, Baby and from Cash Money Millionaires, touring with the Whispers, Patty on the Whispers, and Luke, uh, all these guys um, that I toured with, just, just, just amazing, you know. And like I said, I never reached the superstardom, so to speak, but my consistency for thirty-seven years, straight, seven, thirty-seven years straight. 
is unbelievable. That record alone is like Tom Brady. It's like I'm 37 and I'm 37 and oh, like I've been rolling 37 years, you know? And it's because, uh, but I knew years ago that I was getting my break from people who were younger from me. I never, never visualized social media, didn't know what exists. I just knew my break was gonna come from young people who was gonna respect what I did, who really didn't have morals, right? Because you know, I did some crazy things when I was growing up. So in the nineties, I was kind of held back due to the fact because of my reputation, some comedians will say such and such to that person and everybody act like they shit don't stink. So they will make you feel like, oh, what you did was so bad, I can't book you not knowing that they have been in trouble and they're, you know, they, they had, they've had their issues as well. Absolutely. Like even to this day, I won't say no names, but a young lady tried to throw me on the bus because she thought she should headline over me. Right. And um, the person was telling me, and I know they were shooting their shot, but um, I just thought it was fascinating that they brought up things from the eighties to this people that I'm doing the show with. And I just laughed and, you know, I was going to say something to the person, but you know how I move. I, I really don't care. I go get the check. You're exactly right about that. And just thinking about <laughs> old stories that you've told, especially with Crazy Sam and him performing after you in Terminal D and it ended up breaking out into a fight because your cousins are federal agents and gangsters and right. everyone in the club tried to sue you. Right, they sure did. Yeah, that was a crazy night. And shout out to Crazy Sam. I know he was a young kid at the time, you know, and I never meant any harm to that brother. You know, and I wish he would stay in control of his of his emotions because it could have really got ugly. You know, he, he he him not knowing my background, not knowing that I was from Jersey, knowing that my cousins was federal agent, and knowing how I was affiliated, like it could have really got ugly. And I I don't know what happened to him, but so but crazy Sam, you watching this? I wish you the best. And I, I, if no one's ever told you, I hope that you're well and you're doing well, and that um that situation that happened to us. And really that was 1989, if I'm not mistaken. Matter of fact, it was the same night, Easy e Dr. Dre, and then was in this, an audience at the comedy store. Wow. That was the same night Crazy Sam was there. Cause I talked about Crazy Sam while I was on stage and he was offended. So then when I got to Jersey, he didn't know I was from Jersey. And he didn't know how I had a whole mob behind me. And the shit just went to a whole nother level. Everybody in that motherfucker tried to sue me. <laughs> it sure did. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Is, is there someone that you have? Because I believe you should have someone what you document in your history. Do you have a book out that you're going to be writing soon or a movie? A TK I'm going to tell you, I don't want to do it because it's so many. It's so many of those. Mm -hmm. It's so, uh, okay. It's so many of those. So what my my battery's trying to die. Let me take care of this. Okay. Um, okay. I want to do a manual for life. Mm. So many men and women are making so many huge mistakes with their lives, and I think what I want to do is a manual to life: how to move, how to save your money, who to date, when to date. Um, to teach women to let them know that a man is not coming to save you. Right? It's a lot of women who think a man is going to save their life. And I just women, I want women to get it on their own.
That's what I want to do. I want women to get it on their own because um, it's important that they do. Where's the damn thing at? It is important. important that they do because I wouldn't put my life in nobody's hand. No. Mm-mm, not me. So a lot of women, a lot of men too, put their lives in another man's life. And that I just think that's horrible to do. No way. No way. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. on love with someone that helped you out back in the day. Helped you out. Yeah, I remember hearing on. about that, writing a character letter to a judge and even pulling you into a car to keep you out of a situation, potentially catching a charge. Right, right. Yeah, Faison was there. He sure was. Um, Helped him do stand-up again. Yeah, he, yeah. told him to do stand-up because he was making so much money um, doing TV sitcoms. And I explained to him, I said, yo, you're leaving so much money on the table. You got to get back doing stand-up. Bam. He started doing stand-up again. I was happy for him. I wanted, um, Faison, if you're watching this, thank you for pulling me in the car. Thank you for the character letter to my judge. Uh, a lot of great things. Um, I knew him since he was a baby too. So, you know, remember he used to drive a horrible van. Then I also seen him, his success. when he used to go to some of the most expensive stores in the world and I'd be on the phone with him. And this was his favorite line, send that to the house. He's, that's, how, that's, that's the kind of money he was making. He was saying, telling people in the store, send that to the house, send that to the house. Oh, he was killing it, yo. He was killing it. Speaking of other yeah. comedians, too, you've spoken about Eddie Murphy in the past. I have an old throwback picture here, if you could describe to me where this was, because this is, okay. this is, this is a real throwback here, you and Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. That was on the set of Beverly Hills Cop. Wow. And um, a good young man. What I did with him and his brother um, at a young age, I'm embarrassed by it, but I turned um, something negative into something positive. And who knows, I probably would have never did stand up because of that situation. Um, it was fuel for other comics to bring it up about my situation, what I did with him and his brother, um, because they used it because my personality was just so amazing and my comedy was just so amazing that people always wanted to say something to somebody who liked me to change their feelings towards me. And it never worked. And I know people to this day are still shocked that, damn, this brother's still doing his thing. Ah. Still doing it. Yeah, my my thumb hit the um, phone. There we go. Like he's still doing his thing and that's awesome. You've been doing your thing and just hearing about it just back in the day because you were always a go-getter being at the Kentucky Derby with Chris Tucker. And when there were five (laughs) people- You do your homework. (laughs) When there were five people in the audience, you went in once the promoters came in to talk to promoters and they're like, don't let TK go in there because he's going to get all the money. Chris Tucker and AJ Johnson, yo, was screaming, don't let TK go in there with him. And they were right. Nobody else got paid. I got my money, though. (laughs) And the guys had to wait to get their money. But it's a true story. True True story. story. Another Forrest Gump moment is when you were part of Artist U and you were managing Sandra Bullock back in the day. Right. Yeah, that was a great thing. I was with... um, David Klingman, Tommy Chesterro, the company was called Artistry Management. Not only did we have Sandra Bullock, we had um, Anthony Michael Hall, John Lucasamo. I mean, it was um, a great journey in the 90s, man. It was, it was a great journey. Like, 
you know, and I did it quietly. That's the key. I did it quietly. I didn't have to stunt. I didn't have to prove nothing to nobody. I did my thing. And that was the key. That was the key. But we can go down the list. Let me tell you what my situation is today. I just got off the plane. I'm in Albany, New York. I got a show here tonight. But tomorrow is Hartford, Connecticut. Now, this is what I would like to do. I land tomorrow at 2. I want to do another interview because I know how thorough you are. Yeah. And I know you got a lot of more questions to ask me. But today I'm on a time restraint. So let's do this again tomorrow. We could put, we'll still put this up, right? Yeah. We'll promote this for Friday. Then we'll do another one tomorrow and promote that for Saturday. So we'll do a part one and we'll do a part two. And you have my word. We could take that time and, and do our thing. But I got to start getting mentally prepared for the show. Um, I got to drink my tea. I got to take my Alka-Seltzer head cold medicine because I was on the plane. And I want to make sure that, I, um, you know, I cleanse my body just in case one of them motherfuckers gave me a little COVID or cold up there. You know, you, know, oh, you just never know. Yeah. What time tomorrow works for you? Same time? Um, yeah, that'll be perfect, young man. 530. That'll be I'll, yep. I'll send yep. you a new Zoom. Like, yeah, I'll drop this tonight and then... We'll keep it moving here. Promoting no, funny keep, up in Hartford. You keep doing your thing. I'm so impressed with you, yo. Thank you, man. I really am. I'm impressed with you. Talk to you later. To all the fans, um, see you in Hartford um, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday night. It's Father's Day weekend. Let's enjoy ourselves. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, TK. Enjoy the rest of your night. All right. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yep.